How's everyone doing? You guys can take a seat. Good evening, everyone. Um, so I know that this week is probably the first round of projects and tests for all of you. And so I appreciate you guys taking time out of your schedule to be here tonight. I do see a couple of visitors. And for those that it's your first time here, our mission here is a pretty simple one. I say this every week. Those that come every week are tired of hearing me say this, but it is to develop a community of students who know, love, and serve Jesus. And so we want you to know Jesus intellectually on an intellectual level. And we feel that happens through studying scripture and getting into the word and Bible study. And so uh, if you are new here and if you are part of a ball group, or if you come all the time and you are part of a ball group, then we really encourage you to join one of the ball groups. And so we have ball groups for each class. We have a freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior plus ball group. And we encourage you to join one of those so you can really dive into the word and, and Bible study and so forth. Uh, we also want you to love Jesus on a personal level. And so that happens. Uh, you know, we try to create real moments where you can experience God in real tangible ways. And so uh, Wednesday night is a great example of that, but we also try to create events where you can experience God in real tangible ways. And one way is through our retreats and events that we have, um, trips that we go on and so forth. And so uh, our fall retreat is actually coming up and it is going to be October 29th or 31st, and it's um, in Gatlinburg, and I have a sign-up sheet for it. And so if you are interested in that, uh, please sign up for that, and I'll get this passed around. If you already signed up and you know you have, you don't need to sign up again. Um, we'll get that going around. Uh, and finally, we want you to serve Jesus. We want you to serve Jesus here at the CSC and on UT's campus, but also wherever life takes you from here. And so um, we do that in many different ways. One way is our serve teams. So we have serve teams here. We have a media tech team, a welcome and outreach team, and a prayer team. And so if one of those fits your skill set, then by all means, join one of our serve teams. Um, you can also serve like Jonathan did uh, just a minute ago, leading worship. If that is your skill set, please let me know. We're always looking for more worship leaders for that. In addition to serving here at the CC, we also tried to serve campus and serve Knoxville. And you guys really showed up last Saturday and we served in Knoxville and East Tennessee in a big way by selling uh, spirit towels at the Legends Towel Fundraiser. And so um, for those that don't know, we, we sold towels at, before the football game and we ended up raising, so in the group I said, 40,000 meals. I was a little off with my math. Well, no, what happened was they took out the expenses of buying the towels and it ended up being closer to 30,000 meals. But still, give yourself a round of applause. You guys uh, raised the 30,000 meals. I appreciate all that came out and did that. Uh, the winners of that, there was a contest to see who could sell the most towels. And the winners of that was Bennett and Elise. They ended up selling just shy of 400 towels themselves. And so, and so they, they won the contest and they have a designated parking spot on the side for the rest of the home football games uh, as a result. And 
I know for a fact that they can both walk to campus. So if you need a parking spot, maybe talk to one of them. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of what we're about here at the CSC. Uh, last week, we started a new series on the Gospel of Mark. And I said that, you know, every other year, I want to walk us through one of the Gospels, to spend an extended period of time to walk us through one of the Gospels, so that by the time you graduate here, you will have gone through at least two of the four Gospels. And as we explore this spiritual theme of authenticity here at the CSC this year, uh, what could be more authentic than studying Jesus and his life and trying to become more like Christ. And so if you're not a Christian, though, and you're just kind of exploring what Christianity is all about, and you're not sure about this whole Christianity thing, then Jesus is what Christianity is all about. And this is going to be a great series for you as well, because we get to, you get to study Jesus and his life. And so I'm really excited about that. And we're going to uh, move on with week two. Um, of this Mark series today. But before we do that, I do need to offer up an apology to you guys. Uh, apparently at the end of last week, I, um, during dinner, we had a meal for you guys. I got into a theological debate with one of y'all and I get very passionate when I get to theological debates and apparently it made some of you really uncomfortable. And so if that was you, I sincerely apologize. Um, I make mistakes all the time. I am not perfect, obviously. Um, and you guys have known me long enough to know that I make quite a, quite a lot of mistakes. And so uh, I apologize. Uh, I shouldn't, I didn't mean to make anyone uncomfortable. I get very passionate debates. And so uh, if you are uncomfortable, I sincerely apologize. And that does bring me to my next point is, you know, when I, I'm up here, um, I don't want you guys to take what I say as absolute truth. I want you guys to be in charge of your own spiritual health and do research on what I say. Just because I'm up here and I have the microphone does not mean that everything that I say is true. I do hours of research exegeting these verses, but still, I can still make mistakes. And so it is up to you to double check me and make sure that what I'm saying is factual. And so uh, pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal truth to you because no preacher, no campus minister, no pastor, no, um, no church gets it all right. And so ultimately you're in charge of your own spiritual health and you need to do your own research aside from just hearing what people say from the pulpit. And so uh, I encourage you to do that always, right? Double check me, make sure that I'm not, um, you know, telling you falsehoods and, and be in charge of your own spiritual health. All right. So last week we were, we uh, was the first week of Mark and we, we kind of went, we were introduced to this guy named John the Baptist. And we said that, uh, John the Baptist, he understood his mission, right? John the Baptist, his mission was to point people to the coming Messiah. And we said that John the Baptist, he understood a truth that we all need to understand, and that is that pointing people to Christ gives purpose to one's life, right? Pointing people to Christ gives purpose to one's life. 
And we said that a lot of times Christians as a whole, they fail to point people to Christ because they have two uh, misunderstandings, right? The first is that they don't know their purpose. They don't know the purpose of Christianity. A lot of Christians, they think the purpose of Christianity is just not to go to hell. And that's not the case. If your reason for being a Christian is to not go to hell, then you are missing the point. And a lot of other Christians, they think the purpose of Christianity is they just look at all the benefits of Christianity. They like the social aspect, the friends, the love, and so forth, but they overlook the hard teachings of Jesus and the commands that Jesus tells them to do. And so if your purpose of being a Christian is just to have friends and, and have a community and not go to hell, then you are going to miss your purpose. And John the Baptist, he understood his purpose. Another reason why people fail to point people to Christ is because they don't have a proper understanding of who Christ is. You see, John the Baptist, he knew his job was to tell people of the coming Messiah, the Messiah that would save humanity. That's what John the Baptist knew. And we, a lot of times, we don't know, we don't have a proper understanding of who Christ really is. A lot of us know it intellectually. We've grown up hearing it our whole lives, that Christ is, you know, the Son of God and the Savior and so forth. And we've heard that our whole life, but we don't live like we truly understand it. You see, we were dead to sin, condemned dead to sin, and Christ came, died in our place, and gave us new life. We were dead, and now we are alive. And if you truly grasp that idea, you would tell everyone you knew about Jesus. You would point everyone you knew to Jesus because of what he has done for you. And so we're going to continue on in Mark today. And so if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Mark chapter 1, uh, starting in verse uh, starting in verse 9. It says, one day Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee, and John baptized him in the Jordan River. As Jesus came up out of the water, he saw the heavens splitting apart, and the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. Jesus, he wasn't baptized by John because he needed to repent of any sin. This baptism by Jesus was his public, um, public announcement of his ministry. It was Jesus saying, hey, I am accepting my father's mission for me as the Messiah. And so Jesus, he was baptized, and he accepted this mission to be the Messiah. And when you look after John baptized him, a couple of things happened. The first is that the, the, the Holy Spirit descends on him. And the second is a voice from heaven, the Father, God, says, you are my dearly loved Son, and you bring me 
Great, sure. Now, when we speak of God as a father, for a lot of us, that brings up painful feelings. You see, I was fortunate enough to have a great father who supported me and loved me and cared for me and encouraged me. But that almost wasn't the case. You see, a lot of you know by now that I was adopted at a young age. And as far as I know, my biological father, he left my mother when I was still in the womb. The person who was supposed to love me unconditionally and protect me and care for me didn't, couldn't even be bothered to meet me. Maybe you can relate. Maybe your father left you and left your family. And so you have a hard time accepting God as a father because you had a father that left. Or maybe your father was there, but he was absent. You guys know what I mean? He was there physically, but he was absent emotionally. Or maybe you had a father that was abusive, either physically or emotionally. And so hearing that God is a father, you find that hard to accept because, to be honest, you had a pretty crappy father. And here's the truth, right? Your earthly father has faults, but your heavenly father, he is faithful to his promises. Your earthly father has faults, but your heavenly father is faithful to his promises. And you see, when Jesus was baptized, Right? The Spirit descended on them, and God the Father said, You are my son, and you bring me great joy. And just as we share in Christ's suffering, as 2 Corinthians says, we also share in Christ's glory. And so when you are baptized, the same happens to you. The Holy Spirit descends on you, and you gain the Holy Spirit, and God the Father, He says, You are my son or my daughter who I love and you bring me great joy. <clears throat> Some of you have never heard that from a father. But our heavenly father, he says that to you. You are my son my daughter, who I love, and you bring me great joy. Continuing on, verse 12, the Spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness, where he was tempted by Satan for 40 days. He was out among the wild animals and 
angels took care of. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. We often forget that there are evil forces at work in this world. We forget that there are evil forces at work in this world. And when good things are happening, like Jesus announcing his ministry to the world, that he was the Messiah. When good things are happening, Satan is going to be pissed. Right? Satan is going to be mad and he's going to try to put temptation in your way and trials in your path so that you will turn away from God and back to sin. When good things are happening, when you decide to accept God and Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Satan is going to be mad and he's going to try to tempt you with trials. And if that doesn't work, he's going to put, or tempt you with temptations, yeah. And if that doesn't work, he's going to put trials in your way. You see, Satan tempted Jesus for 40 days in the desert. And when that didn't work, John, the one who baptized him, was arrested. And so when good things are happening in your life, when you are doing God's work and good things are happening, Satan is going to put temptation and trial in your path. Continuing on, verse 16. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water. For they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets and at once, and they left their nets at once and followed them. A little further up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in a boat repairing their nets. He called them at once, and they also followed him, leaving their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. A couple of years ago, my wife and I, we were in Huntsville, and we love Huntsville. Huntsville is a quirky town, but it's a growing town. It's now the largest city in Alabama. And we really love Huntsville. While we were there, we had a great church that we were part of. We had a great community of friends. We both loved our jobs. We had just bought a house that we absolutely loved, and it didn't need new siding like my house does now. Um, and so we, we love Huntsville. And then out of the blue one day, I got a Facebook message from a old friend from college. Some of you know her. Her name is Jerry Lynn. And she asked if I would be interested in talking about a position here in Knoxville. And my wife and I, we honestly weren't sure. We were very happy in Huntsville. We loved Huntsville. We loved the people we were around. We had just bought a house. 
but we decided to go through the process anyway. And sure enough, a little while later, right, I was offered this position. And then 20, less than 24 hours after I was offered this job, unsolicited, I was offered another campus ministry job. And it was clear that God was telling me, hey, we want you out of teaching, out of being a teacher, and back into full-time ministry doing campus ministry. And we had a choice. You see, we could have stayed in Huntsville. We loved it there. I could have continued teaching Bible, and I could have continued doing good teaching Bible. But we decided to drop our nets in Huntsville and follow Jesus. Because that's what we believed he was telling us to do. You have a choice as well. You see, Jesus, he is telling everyone in this room, come, follow me. Because Jesus, he invites all to follow him. Jesus invites all to follow him. Maybe for following Jesus for you, that might mean not after college, maybe going into missions, not going into the field that you were studying, but instead taking a year or two to go into missions or to plant a ministry somewhere. Maybe you're studying engineering or architecture or nursing or business, but God is saying, hey, hold off on that. I want you to follow me into missions. I want you to follow me into planting a church or planting a campus ministry somewhere. Maybe for some of you, Following Jesus. When he says, follow me, it means going from a Christian by words to a Christian by your actions. Right? You claim to be a Christian with your words, but your life looks nothing like Christ. You've grown up your whole life and you grew around, up around Christianity. And you know that that's what you're supposed to claim and supposed to follow and supposed to do, but your life looks nothing like Christ. And so when Jesus says, follow me, he's saying, hey, I don't want you to be this lukewarm, fake Christian anymore, but I want you to be a true disciple of me. And I want your life to look like my life. And maybe for some of you, when Jesus says, follow me, maybe you have never 
follow Christ. And he is inviting you to turn from your own ways and being your own God and trusting that Jesus and his ways are better. So if that is you tonight, there is good news. The good news is that Jesus is inviting you to follow him. All you have to do is drop your nets and go. So if that is you tonight and you want to make the decision to follow Jesus, please don't wait another day. Find a student leader, find me, come talk to someone. We can make that happen tonight. If you have any spiritual needs or prayer requests, after this in our study room, there's going to be um, members of our prayer team there to pray over you, if you wish. And if you are a visitor, thank you for being here. Um, when we're done, please stop by our welcome table. We would love to just get to know you a little bit better and get some information. And we do have a gift for you for stopping by. Please stand as we sing our next session.